0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. I want to jump into week three of our series that we're in called God Eras. Looking at the different eras of God. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. God has maybe had many more eras than we're going to cover, but we're going to look at four distinct er uh, eras, I think. Some big things, some big things that happened that kind of uh, paved the way for how we interact with God now. Because if you look back a couple thousand years, and I am not a historian or a Bible scholar. or have any business telling you any of this, I guess, now that I list the credits I don't have. A couple thousand years ago, it was not like how it is now. We didn't just have access to God. People didn't just have access to God. There were certain people, certain types of priests that had to be from a certain tribe or lineage, and they could do these things to get into these different rooms, and then they could communicate with God. They could pray to God. And here we are thousands of years later, and things are different. And I think that they're different because some of these eras that God has gone through with us and for us. So if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, week one, we talked about how God, one of God's eras that that is key for humanity, let's say, is God with us, right? When Jesus was born, we just celebrated about a month ago, You know, that's what Christmas is about, God with us. God becomes human through the person of Jesus Christ, experiences humanity. That is vital. That is vital. It's never happened before. Maybe not in every, like I said, I don't know every religion. But it's odd. It's strange for a God to lower themselves to their creation. And that's when God became with us. Then, Jesus started his ministry, gathered his disciples, did his teaching, created miracles, changed the way that we perceived faith, changed the way that we prayed to God. Jesus changed the way we interact with each other when it comes to our faith, our spirituality. And then it culminated in Jesus' act, his choice to go to the cross and, as the story goes, become the punishment for sin that a lot of churches and a lot of Christians will tell you all about. And because of that, God became for us. God said, oh, oh okay, oh, okay, the rules say the wages of sin is death. Maybe you've heard that, right? The wages of sin is death. The way that they've done things for years and years and years and years and years is that if something goes wrong, if there's some transgression, there's some sin, it needs to be paid for. Blood needs to be shed. So that's why your Hill story. You're, you're, you'll hear stories of these sacrifices, right? People would sacrifice animals for certain types. There's a couple books in the, in the Bible that will tell you exactly the type of animal that needs to be sacrificed for the exact type of sin. They love some rules. We love some rules, don't we, people? People in general? I wasn't calling you people. <laughs> and so what, we, so what Jesus did when he chose to go to the cross, he said, all right, here we go. Here is the final sacrifice. After this, no other payments need to be made. No other payments need to be made now that Jesus became the final sacrifice. And that's how God became for us because there was this gap between us and God, and God said, Well, I'll fill fill the gap. I became human to be with them, but I want them to see that I am for them, so I'm going to fill the gap. And now there's no payment anymore. Don't worry about it, it's taken care of. Every now and then, when my son comes into town, Slip him a couple bucks, you know, and I always say, "Don't worry about it. Take care of yourself." I don't know where I got that from or why I do in that accent, but it's what I do. I feel like it's a little bit of "Don't worry about it," but sometimes we do worry about it, don't we? Sometimes we maybe maybe we forget. That whatever is wrong, whatever has happened, whatever mistakes that we have made, that they've already been taken care of. There's no, there's no guilt, at least coming from God's end. We can feel guilt, right? Or maybe there's guilt from the people around us. But when it comes to our spiritual connect, connection with our creator, there is no guilt anymore. There is no shame anymore. It's as if God's looking at that like, yeah, I already took care of that like 2,000 years before you were born. Don't worry about it. Take care of yourself. And so today, for the few minutes we have together, I want to look at God's next era, his further deep dive into us, humanity, his creation becoming closer and closer and closer to us. It's really really a unique thing. In the world of religion, it's really a unique thing for a God to do all the work to get close to their creation. I mean, maybe you've seen movies where people worship gods, whatever, whatever type of god it is, you know, Egyptian god or whatever it is. We, we never see a god doing all the work to make sure that their creation is okay. It's the opposite, right? The god is sitting back on some throne and the people are groveling and sacrificing and doing all of these things, but this god this Christian God this God says I'm coming to you I'm on my way I'm on my way there's a there's a gap between us so I'm gonna be with you I'm gonna be with you here on earth and Jesus would walk around on earth and he was a human being and and, and, and people could touch him and talk to him and understand him and and learn from him and then said and then God said there's, there's a there's a bigger gap still so let's let's show humanity that I'm for them, and that's what Jesus did on the cross. Now God wants us to see that, wants us to have him in us. He was with us, and then he was for us, and now God wants to be in us. And so there's a particular verse I want to look at. Or actually, there's a couple. They're in the book of John. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's no big deal. John is one of uh, what they call the Gospels. There's four, four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John is one of those Gospels, and they're kind of accounts of stories of Jesus on earth, right? Some of the things he did, some of the things that he said, some of the teachings that he had. And we get a real glimpse into kind of the person that Jesus was and how he interacted with people in some of these stories. So I want to look at John 15 Verses 26 and 27. All right, check this out. He's talking to his disciples. So as we read this, okay, uh, we're, we're hearing it as though we're in the room with Jesus and we've been following him for a couple years and we're part of his ministry, we're part of his thing, and he's kind of giving us some knowledge, okay? He's teaching us something, all right? So this is uh, chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. Watch this. And I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth, emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me, and you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. Now, a couple different versions will have a couple different words for that, going back to that divine encourager. A couple different versions might have the word helper. Another version might have the word advocate, and it doesn't mean that one of these versions is right and the rest of them are wrong, right? Because the people, the brilliant people who are translating the Bible are taking an ancient language, right, this ancient culture, and trying to bring it into English, and so we can maybe try to understand what the writers of the Bible were trying to say. So whether it's divine encourager or helper or Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. Anybody grow up hearing Holy Ghost in church? Okay. Old school. Whatever the word is, it still doesn't quite do justice for what Jesus was saying was going to come after him. Because it's, it's a combination of all of those things. All right, let's go over to uh John 16, 7. So this is just a few passages down, okay? Jesus is probably still in his groove teaching the disciples. And as he's telling them this, this is all part of a conversation, a larger conversation where he's letting them know, like, this is going to come to an end soon. Right? We've been, we've been able to do all these things, and we're, you know, we have all these miracles, and people are 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 following us and they're they're really finding freedom in their faith, experiencing God like never before. And he's trying to tell them, trying to let them know, this is going to end soon, and it's not going to end well. He knew, he knew that part of his role, part of his mission, part of his vision, was that he was going to be the sacrifice at the end. That's what makes Jesus' action so powerful, is that he knew it was coming. And he could have gotten out of it, but he chose to do it because he knew how important it was. So later on at 16:7, watch what he says cuz he can he can tell that they're saddened, okay? I mean, who who if you told your friends, I'm going to be I'm going to be dead soon and it's going to be rough. Who wouldn't be sad about that? That's not exactly how he said it. I paraphrase that a bit. So John 16:7, watch this. John sixteen seven, Got it. But there's, here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. Another translation would say, it's better for you that I go away. Lost it again. <laughs> here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager, there it is again, or helper, or, or advocate, right, will not be released to you, but after I depart, I will send him to you. So it would be one thing, wouldn't it be amazing, it would be amazing if, ever, if 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 Jesus did kind of this world tour, right, and once once a quarter or once a year, and it's always in, in March for whatever reason, Jesus shows up at the heart, right, it's his, it's his turn to go to San Marcos, he's like, I'm going I'm to come check out the heart. And I said, hey guys, it, uh, March 18th, Jesus is going to be here at the heart, if you have time, come check it out. <laughs> I think we'd all clear our schedules just to see what he looks like. So it's one thing to have Jesus on earth with us, right? He he, he, he can walk in and we can talk to him. We can ask him questions. But Jesus says, it's better for you. It's going to be better for you that I leave. And I think for me, I don't know if you're on the same page, it's okay if you're not, but for me, if I'm talking to a friend, or let's say I put myself in the, in the shoes of a disciple, and I'm back here, I'm following Jesus, and he says, it's going to be better for you that I leave. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense that, how could it be better for me that you're gone? But I think it only doesn't make sense if I don't fully grasp what god was trying to do with his next era and that is be in us so now what what we were doing is we're following jesus around and trying to listen to what jesus says and do what jesus does but god i love that god does this with with us y'all God says, we're not done yet because now the next phase is to empower you with your faith. Because you could make an easy argument that Jesus on earth was empowered. What an empowered faith. Let nothing stand in his way. He would stop when he needed to stop. He would rest when he needed to rest. He would get zealous when he needed to get zealous. He would pray when he needed to pray. He would correct somebody when they needed to be corrected. He was empowered, and they knew. Jesus knew that the next step for us for humanity was to have an empowered faith just as he did. And that's why it is better for them, it's better for us that Jesus is gone. Because when Jesus left, that's when we got the divine encourager, the holy helper the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't have to wait to have access. We don't have to wait to see where Jesus is going and then follow him, and then then we can see what God thinks. Then we can pray to God. Then we can feel close to God. Here, I, I wrote this down for you. Because God is in us, we don't have to wait for hope or for peace or for faith. Because God chose to be in us, part of us, our spiritual DNA, because God is in us, we don't have to wait for hope or peace or faith. We don't don't need to. It's an easy access when we're ready, when we want it. I wrote this down too. God in us means that we don't need to feel spiritually alone. Because I'm human, just like you are, and there are days where I feel alone. I feel isolated. And so I didn't wanna put, because God is in us, that we don't have to feel alone, because we will feel alone sometimes. But we don't have to feel spiritually alone, because we have access to God all the time, because he is in us. You know this one time we were, we were traveling for this uh conference in New York this big church conference in New York and um we we booked this Airbnb i think there was 10 or 11 of us um and we booked this Airbnb in uh i think it was Brooklyn welcome to Brooklyn was it Brooklyn okay um and uh so you know so we we get to the Airbnb and the the host meets us there cuz there's a bunch of us and he wants to show us you know Here's how to operate this. And there's all these rules. You know how it is with an Airbnb, if you've rented an Airbnb. And um, I remember, I, I don't know why it stuck in my head, but he was like, uh, here in New York City, or at least in that neighborhood or that area of Brooklyn or whatever, that they had, um, I can't remember exactly what he called it, but it was instant and unlimited hot water. And uh, does anybody know this or have heard of this or whatever? So uh, you, as soon as you turn on the hot tap, it's... It's hot, and it, it never stops. And I thought about that for this because I wonder, I wonder if there is something in us, what is it in you that kind of comes out easy? Right, that kind of comes out easy. For myself, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an easy laugh, right? I, can ease, I'm, I'm ready to laugh at anybody's joke or whatever. I'm also an easy cry, I'll cry at movies like that, easy peasy. I'll cry at TV shows. If a commercial hits right, I'll cry at it. I'm ready to feel things deeply. Those things things come out of me naturally, easily, because it happens all the time. So it got me thinking about this hot water, this instant hot water. What if I wouldn't have known that? Well, maybe I'd still use the water, but only because I know where it is, and only because I know how to access it. But being able to know this, being able to know that there is instant hot water and unlimited hot water, Let's see if you can follow me here. It changed the way that we worried about every 10 people needing to take showers every day to get ready for this conference. Because maybe you've been staying at someone's house, and they're like, hey, you know, some of us are going to have to shower tonight, and then some of us are going to have to shower tomorrow because a hot water heater, you know, it's only a 50-gallon, or I don't know how they work, but but what if you had access to an unlimited amount of what you needed? If you had access to an unlimited amount of hope, an unlimited amount of peace, and all you had to do was figure out how to go turn that on. All you had to do was figure out how to turn that on. And I'm not saying that part's easy, but the more you practice hope, the easier it is to access So The more you practice peace, the easier it is to access peace. The more you practice faith, the easier it is to access faith. Now, I'm, I'm never the kind of person that says this is on you to do it, okay? I'm not the kind of person that will say God helps those that help themselves. I don't subscribe personally. I'm not speaking for the church at large. Personally, I don't subscribe to that. What I do believe in is an empowered faith that God has given us. Given us the keys, given us the tools, given us the faucet, given us the information that it's instant and unlimited. And we are empowered to choose when we want that, when we're able to do that. Because I'll be honest with you, there's some days where I, I, feel, I feel super empowered with my faith, I feel incredibly empowered. And I'm praying for people, and I'm, you know, or whatever. Now I feel like I have big faith, and there are some days where I just don't feel like it. There's some days where I just can't be bothered to have hope for something. I can't be bothered to try to experience peace for something. Does that mean I'm failing? No. It means I'm human. And it's part of being empowered, because part of being empowered doesn't mean you should or you're supposed to or you have to. Being empowered means you get to choose to. So what if you chose to access that hope this week? What if you chose to access that peace this week? And you don't have to go to some holy tent. You don't have to go find another church for a Wednesday night and make sure you find God there. You have God in you. God showed us that he was with us, then he showed us that he was for us. Now God wants you to know that you have him in you. That's immediate access, immediate and unlimited. What can that do for you? How can that change the way you approach your faith? God in us matters because it shows us how empowered we are to access what God has given us. Pure choice, that's what makes faith so powerful, in my opinion, is our choice to be in it. Not an obligation, not out of guilt, not out of shame, is a pure choice. And that's how we can access what God has already done and what he wants to do in us. If you could close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads, I wanna pray for you today. God, we're so grateful to have you with us. We're so grateful that you were for us. God, and I. we're grateful that you are in us, that because you're in us, we're able to access hope and peace and faith and forgiveness and love and grace and mercy. And so I pray that we would access those things without hesitation that you would be with us and help us to be bold and brave, to feel empowered to access these things. We love you, God, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.